Welcome today to our Stampede Sunday. Can I get from everybody again? I got to do a little cowboy thing, even though I'm not wearing any cowboy wear here yet today. But can I get one big yeehaw from everybody on three? No, wait, got to wait, wait for the one, two, three, yeehaw! Awesome. See, you can have do fun things at church. We can have a little bit of fun with what is uh, going on here today as we get just to celebrate Calgary. We get to celebrate our community. We get to celebrate people. And, and, and I just think it's such a special, special time of the year. And I'm looking forward to celebrating after we're done with our time here. But we still got some good things to share with you today. Who wants some good food from the Word of God? Amen. I believe God has some good things to share for, with us. And I want to say this, even though it is summer and we're full on into summertime right now, I really felt the Lord wanted me to encourage you just to uh, challenge each one of us, don't uh, take a break from God. Continue to lean in to God this summer. Enjoy the sunshiny days, enjoy your vacation time, but continue to press into God. And I believe that, I believe over the course of the summer. In fact, I feel the Holy Spirit has encouraged me to encourage you to say, as we press into him, even in the summer, I believe that God is going to bring newer revelation into your life and your heart over this summer. Who would like to hear more from God as you go through this season? Amen? I'm believing that for you today. Hallelujah. Well, I want to start off today by sharing uh, a little bit of a story, because one of the great things about summertime is being able to do outdoor things, like gardening, hiking, boating. You, you can list your thing here, and maybe even for some here today, fishing. Now, how many of you that are here today like fishing? You like to go fishing when you can. All right, not tons of you. Okay, I got another question. How many of you like eating fish? Like, you're, you're okay, we got more people that eat fish than actually catch fish. It makes sense because we do not live near the ocean. We are a little bit more landlocked. And as much as I would love to say that Alberta and our area is a great fishing location, I would not be telling the truth. Uh, it isn't. But um, I want to share with you, though, a little bit of a story for myself. I grew up uh, uh, about an hour from the, the ocean, from the Pacific Ocean, and I remember the first time that I went deep sea fishing. It was on a family vacation a year or so before Jan and I were married. Uh, and we were, on the, we were on a family vacation with my mom, my stepdad, my sister, and all of my step-siblings. And what I remember about uh, that trip, besides everybody sleeping everywhere, which uh, included one under the kitchen table, another one in the bathtub, a couple of us tenting out in the yard. You have to understand this. Where do you put 15 people in a 600-square-foot little house? But what I remember the most was this deep-sea fishing trip. Now, if you've never been in a smaller boat out on the ocean, it's an incredible experience. Once you leave the harbor, cross the bar, that's where the river and the ocean, the tides all meet. It can be really kind of crazy, ups and downs there. But once you enter the ocean, you become acutely aware of the vast size of the sea as well as its power. The swells or the waves that are in the open ocean are incredible as they are typically larger and higher than the boat that you're in. 
And I remember as we were out on the water, as we were, up, as we were out on the water, that there would be moments where the boat would rise up on top of a, of a wave, and you could see for, for kilometers and kilometers and miles and miles, and then the, the boat would sink into the, the water, and all around you, it would be, you'd just be surrounded by a wall of water. It's pretty incredible. Now, this could be challenging for those who suffer from ocean sickness. I want to let you know that. But I remember as we went into the open ocean, eventually arriving at our fishing location, we had to learn how to, first of all, bait our hooks before casting them into the open sea. Now, as we were fishing for salmon, the bait was a smaller fish, like a smelt or a, a little mackerel. It is the rule of the ocean, right, that bigger fish eat smaller fish. It's just the way that it works. It's how it all it happens here. And as we placed our bait on our hooks, I just remember that, that seafoody, slippery, slimy fish smell permeated the air. Now, some of you are like, that doesn't sound very good to me. In fact, the smell permeated everything around us, our, our clothes, our, our hands, our hair. And when you're a fisherman, you have to understand this, it's impossible not to smell like fish. That distinctive and funky smell. Now, I knew about this very well because my grandfather owned a fish company where thousands of pounds of fish were moved from the docks to restaurants around the Pacific Northwest every day. And when I would see him at work or visit him at home, he always had that special smell of fish. And he would sometimes ask, do you know what that smell is? Yes, that's exactly right. He'd say, it's the smell of money. Now today, we are not going to talk about making money, even though that would be an interesting subject, or how to improve your fishing techniques. Today, as we continue our series called Making Disciples, Understanding the Great Commission, I want to ask you a bit of an uncomfortable question, and it's this. Do you smell like fish? Now, kind of a weird question to ask people, especially for those who are visiting today. You might be like, this is a weird church. Now, before you tune me out and you think that I'm crazy, I want you to listen to this Bible passage about Jesus as he was walking along the beach in Galilee. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. And here it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were what? They were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. As we listen to what was going on in this, this uh, passage in the Bible, we have to understand that after Jesus had been uh, finished praying and fasting for 40 days, which was the beginning of his earthly ministry, he heads to the beach. You know, after you fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, it's not a bad idea to go to the beach for a little bit. And while he's there, he notices two brothers who made their living through fishing, casting their nets into the water. Now, we don't know how long that he, he was watching them, but the Bible says that he called out to them and gave them this invitation. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. What's he saying? He's saying this, stop what you're doing right now. 
Come and hang out with me, and I will teach you, and I will make you a fisher of people just like me. You see, the word make used in Matthew 4 is the same word that is used in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, as part of the Great Commission. This has been our scripture that we, for the last six weeks, have been looking at. And so let's read it again today. It says this in Matthew 28, verses, verse uh, 18. And it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You see that word make there again. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, Jesus, we have to understand this, finished his earthly ministry the same way that he started with a call to his followers to make disciples or fishers of men. It's what Jesus' desire is for each and every one of us. Not that we would just have a relationship with him that's all to ourselves, but that we'd be those people that would share what Jesus has done in our life with other people. It's his greatest desire. And so he says, come and follow me, and I will show you how to do this. I will show you how to make fishers of men. Come and join me, and I will train you or teach you to find people to lead and influence into following me. Now, even though I would not call myself a real fisherman, I've done a bit of fishing throughout my life. And what I've discovered is that you need to do a, a few things and to catch fish. And there are, there are probably going to be more that you can come up with than what I'm going to share with you today. But I'm going to share three things that we need to do if we're going to be those who are fishers of men, if we're going to catch fish. First of all, number one, you have to go where the fish are. Who thinks that's important? If you're going to go fishing, you need to go fishing where there are fish. Now, I've got to say this. When we have a rainstorm in the area in front of my house, it can sometimes flood a bit. The drain gets plugged, and all of a sudden there's a big, massive mud puddle. And even though there's a fair bit of water, it does not make a good fishing hole. Why? Because there are not any fish in the mud puddle. No matter how much I want to fish there, I am not going to catch anything but probably a cold or pneumonia or something like that. So if we want to catch fish, then we must go to a lake or a river that has fish. Now here's the truth. If we're going to be fishers of men, we need to go to places where there are people who need Jesus. Neighborhoods, schools, workplaces, almost anywhere. And I want to reiterate this because I know I've shared this in this series a little bit already. And it's how, however, to do it requires a willingness to leave our places of comfort. The easy ones would be just where we just hang out at, in our house all the time and we really don't associate with anybody but our, 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 our spouses and our children. Or maybe it could even be our church or just with people that we see all the time that we're comfortable with. But, but here's what I want to say. It's easy for us to be familiar with, to, to go to familiar friends, have familiar conversations with familiar routines. We need to open ourselves up to see that there are people around us, even all around us today. See, you can be at church and only talk to your people. 
But God wants us to be those who have eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to be able to perceive that all around us are people who need to know the love of Jesus Christ. They need to be reached for him. Well, here's the second thing that I know if you're going to go fishing. You have to use the right bait. If you're going to catch fish, it's important that you use the proper bait. If I'm fishing for lake trout, the bait I'll use will be different than if I'm fishing for salmon. Why? Because each species of fish is different. And they will be attracted to different things. If we're going to reach people, now we're not going to talk about just bait here, but it's important that we understand that each person, listen to this, has different needs. A one-size-fits-all method will not be effective in reaching everyone. See, I believe we have to discover when we are around people, what is the felt need? What is it that they need in their life? What is it that they're looking for in this time and season of their life? Because it can change. It might be healing from a past religious experience. You know, there are many people that come to church, that used to go to church, that were a part of a church and have been heard in church and don't know what to do, and so they come back. And maybe what they need to find is that there's just not judgment from people, but love and acceptance. It could be an intellectual understanding of the scriptures. There are some people that just want to understand more. They want to know more. They want to be able to talk about the things of God. That might be their felt need. It could possibly be seeing and experiencing just genuine relationship with people. The list could be extensive, and it is extensive. I believe this, if we, were sen- if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he will lead us and guide us to the felt need. That's why we need to be full of the Holy Spirit each and every day so that we can hear what God is saying, how he's leading us and guiding us so that we can respond to the people and the situations around us. And here's what my last fishing point is here today. I believe this, number three, we have to be motivated to go fishing. I know this will sound obvious, but if you want to catch fish... You need to be motivated to go fishing. Now, I know if I'm talking to the diehard fishermen here, some of you are here today, you will not let anything stop you from fishing. They will wake up early, drive 100 kilometers or more, brave the craziest weather for a couple of hours of fishing, all for the chance to catch one fish. Why? Because they're motivated. See, to be a fisher of men requires a compassion motivation, that God would help us to be motivated to those things. And I know if I talk to my wife about going fishing, she is not excited about going out to the lake. But to be fisher of men requires that we have a compassion motivation. For me, I find many times I'm unaware of what's happening with people around me. Why? It's not that I don't care. I believe most people do care. But that I get completely busy with life. Who here says, You get completely busy with life. It's a challenge that you face. Life happens. Things are are there. Sometimes that we need to be reminded of the desperate state of people who are around us to motivate us to compassionate action. We need to be reminded, and I want to remind you today, by God's grace, that every single one of you can make a difference in other people's lives. 
that God has called you to be a difference maker. I don't care what it is that maybe you, you, you've battled through. God says today that you're a dis- difference maker. See, we see this reminder as the heart of Jesus is revealed in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And it says this in Luke 4, 18. And I, I wanna, I'm, I'm declaring this over us today. As Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released and that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free. See, here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, I'm being pressed by the spirit of God to help people. That all around me are people that need help. Let me help you then see the great need that's around you. He gives us four types of people. Those who are, first of all, those who are poor. Now, he's not just talking about those who don't have financial resources. Yes, that's part of it. Poverty, being impoverished, creates great need. But what he's really speaking to here is those who are in a poor condition. Those who life is broken in shambles or who are lacking hope. You may not realize it, but there are people here today that feel hopeless. They're in a poor state of mind and in difficult situations. And here's what my prayer is for us, is that God would open our eyes so that we can give them the good news that Jesus is here to help them, that we are here to help them. And I I say that today, if there's anybody that is in this gathering today and you are feeling just like you're in a hopeless place, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is here for you today and he wants to help you and give you hope because God has hope for your life. Here's a second group of people that Jesus says that, that are around us, those who are in captivity. Well, who's he talking about? There are many people that struggle with addiction, depression, and harmful habits. Those who are trapped in lust and and negative thinking and other sin issues. Through Jesus, I believe this, we can speak freedom to them and love on them. It's one of the reasons that we have a, a, a ministry in our church called Celebrate Recovery that meets On Tuesday nights, you probably saw that at 6.30 every Tuesday night, people that are just wanting to see God give them freedom from things that have been hounding them. And I I, I, want to say this to people. Sometimes everybody looks at it like, oh, that's just a recovery program. No, it's a place to help people get over whatever is going on in their life. And so if you have some things that you're struggling with, I want to encourage you. God's here to help you, but he also has people here that want to help you by his grace. There are those who are in captivity. Here's the third group of people that Jesus mentioned, those who are blind or blinded. You see, it's, there are many people who cannot see truth and are stuck in deception. They're holding on to lies or lying mindsets through, that, that they've re- received through their, the culture that's around them or false religious beliefs or educational indoctrination. You see, because people are blinded from the truth, they're blinded from seeing the love of God. We need to understand this. One of the things that I pray each and every day is I pray for God, 
Would you, as, I, as I'm walking around, as I'm, I'm going to different places where I, I know that there are people who don't know you, I pray all the time that God would remove the veil that's over their eyes, that's over their heart, that hinders them from understanding how much Jesus loves them. I pray that God would break that down so that they could receive his love. See, we need to help, we need to help people see through us the reality of Jesus' love. The way we live matters, and it makes a great difference. Many who are blind do not know that they're blind. Here's the last thing, group of people Jesus mentioned here, those who are oppressed. I believe this, as followers of Jesus, we are called to help those who cannot help themselves. The children, the senior adults at times, the handicapped, the mentally infirmed, women and men who have been sold into Slavery, women and children who are being sex trafficked. I say this, God, wake us up to those who need our help. This past week, I watched an incredible movie. Many of you have heard it. It's the number one movie that's this blown Hollywood's mind because they did everything they could to stop it from being released. It's called The Sound of Freedom. It's not a movie that's for the faint of heart. It's a movie that will challenge you and, and, and stir things up in you if you watch it. It's about child trafficking. And one of the things that it claims that, that, that each year there are 2 million children every year that are sold into the sex trade. 2 million. And that there's another 2 million sold so that their bodies can be harvested for other body parts for people. You see, as I watch the movie... It both saddened me and angered me. <laughs> and what is seen cannot be unseen. We understand that, right? It made me uncomfortable because I realized there's more that can be done. But here's the question that I have to ask myself. Will I do something? Will we do something? What will motivate me to do something different in my life? What will motivate you to do something, to move from our busyness, to move from our shyness, to move from our inconvenience. You see, I remember this so well. It was the brokenness in people that motivated me to overcome my fear of man to pastor and lead others many, many years ago. It is the love for people that has compelled me to reach out and build relationship with those who are strangers with me. I believe this, that today as we're celebrating Stampede Sunday, as we celebrate community, that there's no greater joy that God would have for us as his people to say, how can we include more people in our community? How can we believe God to touch more people and touch their lives? You see, outside of these walls, maybe even inside of here today, there's going to be people from everywhere that just need to know that God loves them. And here's my question is, do you smell like fish? I pray that we'll have fresh eyes if I can have somebody come to the keyboard here. I pray that we'll have fresh eyes to see those who are around us. I pray that our hearts will be moved with greater compassion. I pray that we will step forward to meet needs with love. 
I pray that God will speak to you in whatever way he will speak to you just to see differently the world around you. Father, right now I just pray over this place. I pray over the people that are here. God, that you would, Lord, teach us how to be your people that, Lord, aren't aren't just satisfied with a salvation experience that's, well, good, glad, I'm glad you took care of me and I'm glad I'm doing good in my life. But Lord, I pray that you'd give us this understanding and that God that you've called us to be those who share our lives and share your love with other people. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be those that would seek you each and every day, that you'd help us to be those who would be filled with your Holy Spirit, God, and we would say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do in this moment? Jesus, would you move our hearts with compassion? Would you fill us with compassion? That just like you, we would pray, oh, the Lord has sent me. He sent you. I just say you could put your name there to preach the good news. Good news to the poor. That you're to bring hope to those who are in captivity. That you're to be, bring light to those who are blinded. That you're to be his vessel to bring freedom to those who are oppressed. Just even on this stampede Sunday, would you just even just say, God, Would you fill me with those things? Would you open my eyes? Would you give me that heart that you have? Jesus, would you put your heart of compassion in me in a new way? And for those of you that are just feeling overwhelmed with life today, I just pray the grace of God to come over you. That God's grace would pour over you today. You see, today my heart isn't to bring condemnation to anybody, but it's to say, God, would you use us no matter where we're at in whatever capacity. Lord, I pray refreshing to those who need refreshing. Strength to those who need strength. Life to those who need life. 